Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. You made me watch Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something I didn't like Next time we'll watch something I like But I can't believe you made me watch Hi, I'm Mike, and Allison made me watch The Upside of Anger. Another Kevin Costner movie. Another Kevin Costner movie. (laughs) What the fuck? Seriously. I can't believe... (laughs) What did I do to you? But I thought that you would actually like this one. Because it's not a Kevin Costner vehicle. It's a Joan Allen vehicle. It is. And it's a Mike Binder movie. Yes. Mike Binder started as a Detroit comedian. Mm-hmm. And then became a filmmaker, a writer, and a director. And I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I like this movie. It's a good movie, right? It's a really good movie. Yeah. I'm going to do a one minute recap. Okay, go ahead. And I'm going to time myself. Oh my God. To make sure that I can do this in one minute starting now. Joan Allen's husband mysteriously disappears. She believes that he ran off with his secretary. Kevin Costner is a former Detroit Tiger baseball player Mm -hmm. and has had a crush on her for quite some time. He goes over and woos her. Yep, he's a neighbor. She has four daughters. Yes. And uh, he ends up Kind of becoming really cool with all the daughters as well. He works at uh, The Rift, W-R-I-F, baby, (laughs) with Arthur P. Mike Binder is his producer, Shep. And we follow their relationship over the course of a few years until at the very end we find out that Joan Allen's husband did not run away. He was surveying land, fell through an old well, and died. The end. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah, it's... um. It's that was an, exactly a minute, by the way. Wow, I'm proud of you. I'm pretty fucking good at this shit. Well, you studied radio. They don't do minute-long recaps in radio, but I you know, know what? But I, I was like because very... of that, you're very aware of how much time has passed. Yeah, like, and I had a know. stopwatch in front of me. God damn it. Anyway. But I was really good at hitting the posts mm-hmm. in music when, like, the music would start and... Uh, You'd have to get everything done before the lyrics, lyrics kicked, kicked in. in. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Mike Binder specifically wrote this for Joan Allen, wanted her to have a really meaty role 
that she could sink her teeth into. Yeah, and she was great. She is great. Here are some critiques I will have for the movie. (laughs) She is great to the point that some of the early scenes, and maybe this was just me getting over my Kevin Costner bias, Mm -hmm. they both play alcoholics. Some of the early scenes where they are both playing drunk, Mm -hmm. she does a much better job. (laughs) Yes. Well, I think, like, I don't know that she's necessarily an alcoholic beforehand. I think she's just dealing with what's going on in her life by drinking. Yeah. Because she genuinely believes that her husband left her for his secretary and just went off to Sweden and won't talk to anyone else. Yep. It seems like his whole family thinks that, too. Like, he's not talking to his brother. He's not talking to any of his buddies. You know, every, you know, like, everybody's trying to reach him, but they all think that he's taken off right the movie is bookended with a funeral yes so throughout the movie i kept wondering who was going to die Mm -hmm. one of the daughters is played by carrie russell Mm -hmm. and she's having stomach pains that they're not sure if it's an ulcer or if it's stomach cancer Mm -hmm. so i was positive it was going to be her there is another sister, Popeye, played by Evan Rachel Wood, mm-hmm. and she is kind of friends with this kid who is a stoner and fascinated with bungee jumping, and I was positive that he was going to eat it and they were going to end up at his funeral. Mm-hmm. I kept wondering, whose funeral? Um it's a surprise, isn't right. it? Right. One of the him. other daughters is uh, Andy, played by Erica Christensen, mm-hmm. who was really good. And I haven't seen her in anything else. It's weird. I can't remember what else I saw her in. But yeah, she's great. Like, I don't know why. She reminds me a lot of Sydney Sweeney, which I don't know if you know who she is. I don't know who she is. You haven't watched Euphoria, have you? No, I haven't. Well, she's one of the main characters in Euphoria, and I feel like Erica Christensen is a lot like Sydney Sweeney, where she's just this beautiful, blonde, you know, like, young woman who's probably gets a lot of, well, she has a great, you know, she's beautiful, so that's all there is to offer kind yeah. of thing, you know, but she, obviously that's not. It looks like her biggest claims to fame are she was in the TV series Parenthood, and I believe she's also the lead in the movie Swim Fan. But she's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's really, so, really she's good. She's so good in this. She ends up... Um, she's dating Shep, played by for Mike For a little Binder. while, yeah. So I thought, because Joan Allen really does not approve of this guy who's in his 40s dating mm-hmm. her daughter in her 20s or whatever, so I thought... Oh, she's going to kill herself or something. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then the other daughter is uh, Hadley, played by Alicia Witt mm-hmm. from Justified. She was really good in Justified and plays completely opposite of this. Mm-hmm. So I know her from a little horror movie called Urban Legend. hey <laughs> Did you ever see that? Probably, but I don't really remember it. Oh, it was like early 2000s, you know, yeah. throwaway horror. But yeah, that's that's how I knew her. And she's, you know, she pops up all over the place. She's in a lot of, you know, smaller movies. But she's, um, so she plays the eldest daughter who it would appear is going to U of M. And when she's graduating, it kind of comes out that she's pregnant. So she and her boyfriend of the last three years are going to go get married. Yeah. 
Oh, she's in Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, okay. Also, she's like the girl who can't play the clarinet. I've never seen Mr. Holland's Opus. Are you fucking serious? I'm adding that to my list. You should. I am. Yeah, it's a great cast. It's very well acted. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that having worked in radio, I get so angry every time radio is depicted very poorly. Like Arthur P., who was a mainstay at WRIF in Detroit, Mm -hmm. is in every scene shot at (laughs) WRIF. So... I love Conceivably, it his character, where he's playing himself, is on air both before and after Kevin Costner, who for some reason in a rock station has a afternoon talk show where even though he's like a mashup between like Denny McLean and Kurt Gibson from the Tigers, uh, he does not talk about baseball on his talk show at all. And that's like a, a sticking point. But it, it's very weird <laughs> where at one point in time, Mike Binder is arguing with Kevin Costner and then he just says to Arthur P like all right like at the end of the conversation he's like five four three two one you're on <laughs> and yeah. it's like well, I... they are recording a promo though so oh, it's, okay it, it's not a they're not going live he's Arthur P was in there recording a promo when he and Kevin Costner get in that fight there is a funny scene though when the daughter is dumping Mike Binder oh my god it's so funny and the talk button is, is on, on into the studio so Arthur P and two other guys at the radio station Can are kind hear. of they're hearing everything and they're laughing and that scene is shot really well Mike Binder is such a- he's great in this he's really a heel in this because he's just a sleazy radio guy and like you know when Kevin Costner's character is getting Erica Christensen the job at the radio station he basically just is like hey she doesn't want to go to college she just wants to get a job and so he's like well just come down to the radio station and we'll interview we're looking for a production assistant so he tells Shep hey I got a girl coming in for an interview and he's like no I don't have any jobs but then he sees her and he's like she's hired you know yeah And then, of course, they start sleeping together and they get into a relationship and it's really gross. But she obviously just outgrows him and, you know, she's moving. She's doing really well at her radio station job and she really lets him down so easy. (laughs) But it's so embarrassing for him. There's another Mike Binder movie called Rain Over Me. And it start it it's kind of a little known movie, but it's a dramatic Adam Sandler role. Okay. It's Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle, and it's a I really like that movie a lot. But you know, it, it hasn't gotten great reviews well, and stuff. Yeah, it, and then he also did Indian Summer, which I love that movie. Yeah, Sam Raimi is in it just as an actor, and he's so funny in that. I loved that movie. Like I love that movie. When Detroit had the film incentives, my Binder came and spoke at a thing that I went to. Oh, that's so cool. About trying to petition to get the film incentives back in Michigan because he had a, a lot of Michigan pride. And this was shot in Michigan and England, which I found very weird. I, I don't know what was shot in England. I don't know what England was shot be- there either. Because it all takes place in Michigan. Yeah. Mostly in... So Bloomfield Hills is kind of where the girls go to school and it's shot in Bloomfield Hills. Yeah. And Ann Arbor. And Ann Arbor because the oldest daughter goes to U of M. Uh, and then obviously at the Riff. This is how I would redo the movie because I'm... Doesn't it seem kind of strange that... So here, here's the B story. Kevin Costner wants to invest in this real estate prop, real estate investment to have a subdivision built in the woods behind all of their houses. Yeah. 
And Joan Allen's husband was super against it. But Joan Allen's like, I don't even fucking care. Fine. You go, yes, build your fucking subdivision. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out that her husband died while walking all that property. And Kevin Costner just happened to show up right after he disappeared. Like, well, no, because he's he's coming over there. The impression that I got is that he was, you know, he's probably been coming by to talk to Gray about the subdivision property. Yeah. So he comes by and he's not there. And she's like, he left me. And he's like, wait, what? I think it's just such a shock where he's like, wait, because he keeps saying he's like, are you serious? Listen, if I worked for the West Bloomfield Police Department, (laughs) I would definitely have Kevin Costner under investigation after this. I don't think so. So the only thing that I kind of, so on the rewatch that I thought felt kind of like wedged in and weird was the narration of Popeye where she's, she's like, she makes yeah, it has little kind of, short films and you kind of, she like, they kind of like wedge in these little like voiceover monologues of hers at the beginning and at the end. And it doesn't really. Yeah, because it's not really her story. Yeah, no, like they don't really talk about her at all. It's to be fair. To be, to be fair. fair. She is telling a story about her mom. Yeah. But they don't really follow her. Like all she really does in the movie is get a crush on a boy. Yeah, it, it's sort of like American Beauty originally had bookends. Oh, yeah. And it follows like Thora Birch's character goes to trial. For yeah, the to trial. Dad, and yeah. they cut that because they were like, well, it's actually Kevin Spacey's story. Yeah, I, I could have done without it. I could have done without that. And I could have done with and a sequel where it turns out that Kevin Costner murdered Greg. <laughs> Because I was no. like, that's totally what's going to happen. How are they going to fit in that Kevin Costner murdered this dude when this movie only has five minutes left? No. And I, you know what? Even though Kevin Costner's kind of, you know, his character in this is kind of blah. I think he does such, I really like him in this. Like, I like his character. I like kind of the little redemption he has at the end where he pushes around Shep and then says he doesn't want to work with him anymore. Yeah. Because he kind of looks the other way when Shep starts sleeping with Andy. Yeah, He's like, eh, it's whatever. Sort of like the Louis C.K. thing. Like, I remember, and I was just telling this story today, time for a name drop. Mm-hmm. I found out about the Louis C.K. masturbating in front of female comics from John Hamm. Yeah. And I remember probably for a year or two thinking, well, that's kind of a funny little quirk you know yeah where you're like huh that's weird yeah but then it wasn't until i started dating you that i was like yeah i'd feel weird if allison was opening for louis ck yeah and then that's when i started realizing it's not really funny or cute it's it's gross yeah it's it's gross it's gross it crosses a line so i could see kevin costner like kind of initially going like yeah well wait a second she's like a daughter to me yeah Yeah. well because initially when it starts she's they're not that close the right. relationship's very new so he's just kind of like yeah oh, that's just what Shep does but then because so much time has gone by and she is like a daughter to him even though their relationships ended he's got a lot of feelings about it now and I like that he like he kind of pushes him around in the sound studio he's like what you did was messed up you know you shouldn't have gone after her you need to stop doing this shit and I'll do what I need to do to keep my job here but I don't want to work with you here's the thing that I really like about the characters in this movie they are so well written and given an opportunity to organically have some depth 
through dialogue. Like mm-hmm. Shep explains to Joan Allen, like, you want to know why I go after younger women? Because they are, they're appreciative. Yeah, because they're nicer. You know, if, you know, we go for a walk outside, they say, wow, you know, this it is smells nice. nice. This is nice. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, he, he uh, he's tired of. Here's the thing is that he's kind of justifying not having to try that hard. Yeah. He's basically saying like, yeah, you know, I do like I like dating young, younger women because I can just be me and they like that. And it's like, well, it's because you're not really being an adult. Yeah. And I think it's true, not just in adolescence, but I do think that women mature faster than guys. So, yes. <laughs> like, where you were at. This is something that I think about all the time. And I feel like one of the reasons that we are so good together is because you're older. Because I feel like maturity-wise, we're about the same. Like, I'm still definitely more mature than you are. But... <laughs> oh, thank God you said that. Because yes. I was going to say that. <laughs> oh. Yes. Ooh, but good, I we're do, on the same page. Yes, but <laughs> it's like, you're not as immature as... You know, yeah, if you were dating someone, if you were dating, well, you did date me when I was your age, but (laughs) you were also still in your 20s. So, yeah, yep, yeah, no, yeah, you're right, yeah, Mm -hmm. so, dudes. Guys, this is what I'm telling you. Go out there and find yourself a woman anywhere between no. 11 and 22 oh my years God, younger no. than you. Ew, don't be weird. Anyway, I do like that. One of the things that I did like about this movie um, is when Kevin Costner stands up for himself against Joan Allen. Because she's like, oh yeah, she's yeah. super shitty to him all the time. And he's just kind of like, she's going through a lot, you know? Yeah, and the way that he just, he totally snaps. Like he knocks a door off yeah. the hinges like she go he says something very sweet to her where he's had a conversation with popeye where popeye's like are you gonna bury my mom and he's like i don't know why would that make you happy and she's like yeah that would make me happy so he's bringing that up to her because i think he's realizing like yeah i would like to spend my life with her and she blows him off and is such a bitch at, like she's so shitty about it she's like oh yeah right like that would ever happen between us and then walks into the bathroom and shuts the door and he's just like no I'm not going to let her treat me like this. And he kicks the door down. And dumps her. And dumps her. Yep. And it's he doesn't attack her or anything. He just, I mean, it's a little bit like surprising that he kicks the door down. But he's like, I'm tired of being your bitch. And I'm not going to let you treat me like this. I've let you do this because I know you're in a lot of pain, but you can't treat me this way. And then he won't talk to her. That is a thing that I really like about the way that Joan Allen's character is both written and how she plays her is she is an awful, awfully mean person, but Mm -hmm. you understand that it is coming from so much pain Mm -hmm. that me, at least, I was still like not checked out on her where Mm -hmm. I was like she's really not thinking about things she says because she's so she's so angry still angry so yeah absolutely and uh yeah I just but what I like about what happens after that is that she's like okay I am being shitty and I do want to apologize to Denny so she does keep trying to get in contact with him um for a time and she decides to stop drinking and 
and then she runs into Shep at the grocery store and he's totally gross with her. Like by at this point, you know, Shep and Andy have broken up and they see each other and he comes on to her and then he's like, no, I'm not coming on to you. I don't want to have sex with you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So she reaches out and she tells Denny and that's what brings them back together where he realizes like, oh no, I do actually care. What was your interpretation to, of that? Do you think he was trying to hit on her? Um, I do. Really? I did. But I don't think but I don't think that he was trying to hit on her in a relationship way. I think he was trying to hit on her so that if she came onto him he could reject her. Mm, okay. Like I feel like it was a manipulative thing. Like he wasn't he wasn't trying to come on to her so that he could even get laid, really. I think he was just trying to like come on to her as a manipulation. Okay. And I mean the fact that he even brought that up to her after knowing that she's had a relationship with some Someone who's supposed to be one of his good friends, like he shouldn't have said anything about it, you know? Yeah. When he, when he when she says like yeah you know Denny and I haven't talked in a while he should have just he should have just made pleasantries and fucking walked away you know right. but the fact that he didn't I think says a lot and the fact that Denny got upset and that's what makes him realize that Shep's a shitty friend I like that yeah this is something I didn't realize till just now completely unrelated to what you were just saying okay <laughs> Dane Christensen who plays Gordon the bungee jumping kid yeah is the real life brother of Erica Christensen. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. I, again, I really like this. When I found out that it was a Mike Binder movie, I got very excited because I yeah. do like Mike Binder quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, he has the career that I wish I could have had where, he, you know, he's comedian he writes himself the funny comic relief in dramas and uh writes some pretty heavy well written i don't know that i would have the patience to be a director but yeah i i probably could i i I think but um i don't delegate man i don't know that i could i i don't delegate well i think i think you could but i think you would have i think you would want to co-direct yeah you know like i think you certainly have an artistic vision and you can bring that forward but i think that i think i could direct if i had a cinematographer that i was super close with yeah yeah like if you had someone kind of you know to go through the motions with you i think you could do it and then i think you know once you got a few under your belt you'd be able to do it yourself and i probably will start directing shorts uh as soon as the canadian border opens up and Mm -hmm. tim denotter is able to yeah and we are able to freely travel back and forth to canada yeah anyway um you saved the kevin costner rut (laughs) i did i was definitely not looking forward to this initially when you brought up another kevin costner movie but i got kind of excited doing the cursory research Mm -hmm. beforehand and i ended up not setting my expectations too high because i did really enjoy this quite a bit good i'm glad yeah yeah, um, it came out in 05, and yep. I remember when it came out, I was like, Kevin Costner's in a movie. I haven't seen him in anything good since the 90s. And, I mean, the 90s were only five years before that, but I meant like, yeah, I mean, more like early 90s. Um, But I remember being so surprised at how much I liked him in it and how much 
because um, Joan Allen was in Pleasantville. Yeah. And um, that's kind of where I knew her from. And so to see her go from this very proper, you know, old timey TV mom who's, you know, kind of having a sexual awakening to someone so like so going through the worst part of her life and really just like letting every emotion come through yeah was so exciting like joan allen y'all need to cast her in more movies she's amazing yeah yeah she's she's pretty phenomenal Mm -hmm. she's also in room yes and her career is kind of amusing where she has some bigger noteworthy things like like room and upside of anger and uh the born movies Mm -hmm. and then she's also in the notebook but then yes. she'll do stuff like the elder scrolls video game <laughs> yes or death race with jason statham yes <laughs> like, this is all very true it's like geez i wonder if she was taking these gigs for the money yes she is in uh the born supremacy movies mm. um she's like the control room like yeah whatever you know what i mean but it's it's like she does the crucible the ice storm and then follows it up with face off <laughs> i know. <laughs> you know i know she's here's the thing is that i just feel like she is someone who doesn't feel like she's too good to take a role you know yeah like it makes me love her <laughs> because it's like no she she's not gonna say no to something because she thinks it's beneath her she's like no i'm an actor and i i think it makes her more versatile mm-hmm. and makes her a better actor because she doesn't think she's too good for anything like she will do like a voice in a video game because she's like why not yeah you know it's just and i mean i don't know this for sure but this is the impression that i get from her and i really really like that'd make a good song title stop it the impression that i get you're a brat i picture something upbeat sort of ska i'm gonna slap you right in the mouth nice okay well i'm really glad that you like this movie um and that you found a redeeming kevin costner movie even though it's not technically a kevin costner movie he just happens to be in it no, I, I think it's a combination of it being a well-written ensemble piece mm-hmm. where you get to know all the characters. And yeah, he and Joan Allen are the leads, but it's definitely Joan Allen's movie. Yeah. Uh, and then also, I think it's that he's playing really within his wheelhouse. Like he's playing a character who isn't that far removed from who he is. Yeah. And he's also playing a character who could easily be, this could easily be a sequel to any of his baseball <laughs> movies. Like <laughs> yeah. what happens to that baseball player after Yeah. he throws out his elbow or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So score one for Kevin Costner and score one for you. Yay. Look at me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for making me watch The Upside of Anger. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. And in the Facebook group, let us know what you thought about The Upside of Anger, if you have seen it. Or is there a movie that stars someone that you normally don't cannot like. stand but they have one role where you're like man i normally don't like that person but shoot they're good in blah 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 yeah let us know yeah yeah, yeah i like that question i i really want to know all right thank you allison you are welcome michael patrick <laughs> bob it <laughs> i've been drinking social wine. security number two no <laughs> no it's not sorry i've been i've had most of my glass of wine while we were well that will be fun for you to edit out the sounds of you sipping wine no, into I a turned microphone away. oh good okay. i turned away
when I was drinking it. All right. Well, we haven't done this in a couple episodes, so bye bye. You don't have to keep going. Are you just trying to see how long it can go? I don't know.